Well, first of all, Greg, we talked about this on an earlier episode, but Greg is known for taking stupid bumps. Like he just falls on his fucking head a lot and is a fucking idiot and like is just so willing to completely destroy himself. You've talked about how you're worried about their brains. I'm very worried about their brains. Like <laughs> especially Gre- like Greg is he's so dumb and he's he's dumb and brilliant. I don't want to be like he's fucking stupid cuz he's really funny and you have to be kind of smart to be funny. But I'm like convinced he has brain damage. Like <laughs> I'm pretty sure. everybody, welcome to Wrestlesplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadoro, explain wrestling to new wrestling fan, my co-host Rachel Millman. Hi hey. Rachel. Hey everybody. Uh, you didn't see it, but I panicked while Kath was doing the opening because I felt a burp coming out. <laughs> Crisis averted. Crisis averted. Thank goodness. It's, it would be awful if I were ever gross publicly in any way. Oh I've, my God. I've never done that before. No. In, you You'd know, never come back from it. 10 years of internet history. Well, I feel like starting off with a burp probably would be appropriate for our subject matter today. Um, we are very excited about this episode. I'm so pumped. I'm glad you're as pumped as me because like, I fucking love these dudes. Like, the They totally helped me get super into wrestling like even more than I already was Uh, today we're talking about our friends and their friends together the best friends the best friends we've been uh if you've been listening to previous episodes we've kind of been dancing closer and closer to doing a full episode on this topic (laughs) with the Greg minute yes uh and now we're having you know the Greg hour the Greg and Dustin hour yeah so we talked about how this might get confusing and we should probably lay this out now so we are going to be talking about two wrestlers today Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta aka Trent um both of them use their what's called their shoot names which is their actual names about as often if not more often than they use their ring names so Chuck Taylor aka Dustin and Trent, a.k.a. Greg. So do you think we should stick with Dustin and Greg or should we try to do Chuck Taylor? And- I think Dustin and Greg would feel more natural for me because that's how we've been talking we've about We've been talking them. about them as Dustin and Greg. And we've yeah. been talking about them a lot. Sorry if this is creepy, guys. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, we're going to talk about this, but we just find you incredibly relatable. And yeah. that's, I think, why we connect with them so much. And we're like, oh, look, listen to this dumb thing Greg did. Listen to this dumb thing Dustin did. <laughs> So I admittedly know more dumb things Greg did, but as I've been learning more and more about Dustin, I can't wait to know more. Yeah, I think we kind of so shout outs to many um, Internet friends of ours who are best friends, enthusiasts, honk tears, obviously. Uh, Erica, Babyface Pop is a big best friends fan. And we also just wanted to give a general shout out to baby, to Erica because she's been so supportive and nice about her show. Yeah, thank big, you so much. Big fans of Erica. You're rad. Yeah, you are. But yeah, so... Um, We're talking about them today. I do want to give a little bit of a background about them. So Hunk Tears kind of exposed you to Greg and you were like delighted by it. Oh, yeah, because Hunk Tears, you and I have the three of us have all been chatting and Hunk Tears gave me this amazing list of Greg facts, which I still think about all the time. And I remember reading them and you know when you're laughing so hard and trying to read things out loud that you just start gasping I started reading them to Nate and I was just like I was blown away at how it was you you said it best you were like I've never seen this many Greg facts in tandem and they're just overwhelming they're so overwhelming so we told you about Greg and then I had to stop LB I was like don't tell her about Dustin. I want to save some of this for the podcast because they're both just so wonderful. And I want to give a little bit of their background as wrestlers before we go into them as as people and as characters that we know, because I think that's kind of interesting and helps sort of inform where they're coming from. So Greg, um, Trent Beretta, was actually signed to WWE very young. He started in How WWE. How young was he? I think he was like 20, like 19 or 20. I was going to say because he's 30 now. Yeah. So he worked for them for like, I think like six years, seven years. And he never really got over, as they say. He never really got big. They didn't really know what to do with him. He was always kind of a supporting player. but He wasn't necessarily a jobber. I don't know if he was a jobber because I wasn't watching then. I They just didn't have a lot for him to do. Like, they didn't have a lot of storylines for him. And this is post-Attitude Era when yes, this is WWE like, was kind of, in kind of like this weird in-between space. This was like 2009, 
like 2008, 2009, and then he left in like 2013. So he worked for WWE for a while, and then he started working on the indies. Um, he works in Japan, and um, he, yeah, he's always like acknowledged as like a talented guy, but WWE didn't really know what to do with him. He didn't have like a super strong character, um, as opposed to Dustin Chuck Taylor, who started training at 15 both of them started very young um greg wrestled real wrestling in high school and then started doing pro wrestling in long island where he's from he's a big guido from long island i feel like that's he important. is from long island yes okay because i remember we were like he's either from up like central new york or long island which are yeah. two character two spaces i very much identify from uh with because i'm from the hudson valley and my parents are from staten island so i yeah. get both of those things immediately he's a long island goomba um (laughs) and then dustin is from kentucky he is known also professionally as the kentucky gentleman uh the kentucky gentleman chuck taylor that's what his tights say and he lives in philly he lives in philly now extremely relatable to us yes people who love philly so dustin started wrestling at 15 and um is this high school wrestling or is this pro this is pro he started pro wrestling training at 15 jesus yeah which is rare a lot of um wrestlers including greg start as backyard wrestlers which means they don't have any training and they're just like fucking around on trampolines and like killing people by accident yeah um amateur jackass yeah and then they go from that into formal training dustin is interesting because he started formal training very young so So he's he's, a child star well no because he wasn't famous or anything he just started wrestling young um he worked in um the like regional Kentucky scene. He worked in the Memphis scene, which is notorious for kind of down and dirty, cheap heat heel stuff, which is, there's a great video of Dustin in like 2008, 2009 of him. It's a montage of him making kids cry at like shitty, like garbage (laughs) gym wrestling shows where there's like 10 people at him. The crying video is really beautiful. Yeah. It's so funny. And so he kind of got a little notoriety for that. Um, But then he moved to Philly, started wrestling in a promotion called Chikara. He's always been a comedic wrestler. Chikara is a very uh, comedy friendly promotion. He started kind of getting more work uh, through that. So that brings us to them meeting and tag teaming together. They tag team together in a promotion called PWG, which is based in California. Um, They started working together there and immediately hit it off. The lore that Chuck Taylor, Dustin tells about this is that they realized they were going to be best friends when they took Molly together on New Year's and had a really intense conversation with a gay guy about what it's like to be gay. And that bonded them as best friends. (laughs) Rachel is like crying. Beautiful, and that's so 2008. This was not 2000. This was like 2014. Still very 2014. There's <laughs> something always really beautiful and funny and wonderful to me about you know we bonded when we were on drugs and that bond stayed true. Yeah, and they started working together and they were really popular in PWG. And they clearly just had a lot of chemistry together. Yeah, and you were saying earlier about how Greg didn't really find his footing in WWE, and that's so friend. I want. I. I don't. I want to say. I don't want to say romantic because we don't think of these guys the way we think of them. Think of the Golden Lovers. We think of them just as this wonderful, idealized kind of like Magic Mike level friendship. Yeah, I think that you know meeting him is really what made him find his footing. Yeah, and sort of find his voice, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And because he, he's such a fucking weirdo. I want to read some other Greg facts to you. Um, you might know some of these, but uh, just to give our listeners some information on beautiful, idiot, holy fool, stupid, stupid Greg. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. He regularly gives himself stick and poke tattoos, despite clearly not knowing how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and just ending up with weird geometric scars all over his body. Does he, is he a good artist? He like draws, he has like a very distinct style. He's clearly like an art guy. Like he yes. clearly likes art. You have mentioned that he draws before, but I didn't know in what capacity. He draws these like weird surrealist like duck things. He, he has, has like a little creature that he draws. He has like a little guy. He used to have merch with it on it. Oh, I was going to ask if he had a pin because that would be such a nice present for you. Yeah. God damn it. He's just like a weird art art freak but also a wrestler like you know those dudes in high school who would like draw weird drawings on themselves in like the back of class i feel yeah. like that's greg yeah i was um, friends with all of those guys yeah uh 
yeah, he once got thrown into a wall so hard uh, when he was a teenager that it became a viral video called That Kid Is Dead. <laughs> uh, he chronically forgets to put his car in park and returns to his parking space only to find that his car has rolled away. I, how hilly is his neighborhood? <laughs> I've, I've, not putting your car in park is completely nuts to me. And like, I, I used to do very stupid shit with my car i used to my because my dad is very much a dad who always puts a, the emergency brake on mm-hmm. and when i first got a car he would put the emergency brake on and then i would drive with the emergency brake yeah, on. yeah i used to do that too yeah it's the worst thing for your transmission um another greg fact uh he has never done his taxes and will probably go to debtor's prison soon because he's an idiot greg <laughs> i know uh me and lb hung tears have just added him on twitter like in the last like three weeks like hey greg taxes just remember don't forget does he just forget or is he scared of his income because he's a contractor i think he just doesn't know how to do it like i think he's just a dumbass turbo tax is not that hard look you're telling me i'm just reporting the greg facts holy shit oh no he's gonna go to prison yeah he's probably gonna go to prison um if anyone out there can do greg's taxes for him let him know he probably needs it that would be an incredible episode <laughs> where we just do greg's taxes <laughs> hey greg give me your social security i promise it's not weird um he, he's 30 and he's never paid his goddamn taxes i mean i don't know about never but he's like yeah i owe a lot of taxes i'm dumb <laughs> Oh, no, honey. No. Well, I also I knew a dude growing up. I knew a dude in like my early 20s whose dad hadn't done his taxes since like 2002. Yeah. And then eight years later, he found out what libertarianism was and was like, I'm a libertarian. I'm that now. I'm grandfathered in. <laughs> yeah, he has more cred. Um, he has contributed to wrestling Twitter discourse uh by dubbing wrestler switchblade jay white quote the knife pervert (laughs) and he ruined his gimmick right well like among english-speaking fans like i definitely think it took longer for people to take jay white seriously because everybody just called him the knife pervert um another thing he contributed to the discourse was there's a wrestler in japan uh named kazuchika okada and he recently changed his gear he used to wear trunks and now he wears these like long fringed pants that are bell bottoms they're like a choice they're like oh have i seen them i think so yeah yes, he had them yes. at wrestle kingdom and they were like very loose fitting and everyone had an issue with it but i enjoyed it uh yeah so he tweeted during that match uh little kazu got them long boys <laughs> and <laughs> so now everyone calls his pants the long boys yeah he i noticed that in all of the best friends episodes that i watched that he referred to things as like long guys or long boys everything's or boys guys. dogs yeah <laughs> Uh, he's talking about taking a shit and he says big bit of a sloppy boy yes sloppy (laughs) boy is what I thought of and I just I relate to him immediately Um, All right, I have two more and then uh, we will have to move on from the Greg facts I'm saving my I'm saving my favorite one for last this is my second favorite Uh, he when he was a kid in Long Island he would pee out the window of his childhood bedroom (laughs) so much that it permanently stained the vinyl siding of his house (laughs) no <laughs> I expected that to be, you know, you couldn't grow plants there, but he stained. No, he stained the vinyl siding vinyl of his house. Vinyl siding. That's so much pee. Yeah. How do you. Like every night. He would like pee out his window every night. What sort of weird anxiety is that? Because I remember as a kid, I was like nervous to, go, totally to the, go to the bathroom. I was, as a kid, I was nervous to go to the bathroom because I thought I was going to get yelled at for being up. So I would hold it. But like, well, that's I never, weird. That's your issue. I was, that was my own <laughs> issue. But like, I never peed out a damn window. Well, you don't have a dick. I feel like if I had a dick, I would have peed out the window. I'm also actually lying because I definitely peed out the window at a party once. But Hell I yeah. wasn't a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And here's the final Greg fact we will give. Um, he's told this story on his show that we're going to get into in a minute. But uh, he, when he was little, he h- didn't know how to wipe his butt till like really late. Like his mom did it. His mom would wipe his butt for him uh, until he was in first grade, like very late. <laughs> And he was at school and he needed to take a shit, but he didn't know how to wipe. So he just fully shit his pants at school. Greg. And, uh, Baby, no. <laughs> and then he, he went home and his teacher called his mom and was like, we're pretty sure Greg shit his pants. And then she taught him how to wipe his own butt. 
that's that's the final Greg fact for you. I'm so glad you saved that for me because when I was 17, I knew a dude who was afraid of being in these are his words, not mine, and his opinions, not mine. Uh, that of being gay so he didn't want to angle too hard inward on the wipe so he permanently had shit in his crack. that's like a thing i read about that on like <laughs> i read about that on like men's rights reddit like yeah. there's like that's a thing like super hypo aggro like masculine dudes like don't wipe their ass well because it's gay <laughs> or like wash their assholes um yeah he missed a flight to japan because he was cooking eggs and yeah. relaxing and didn't know what his flight was because he thought it was only on Wednesdays and the flight was on Tuesday <laughs> or something like that and then I really liked that his wrestler trading card when he was still with WWE had hit an extensive background in hanging out yep yep <laughs> and being online he's just the most relatable wrestler he's extremely relatable also for some reason all of his headshots are him shrugging which I really enjoy so he's that shruggy emoji yeah yeah just just like eh, yeah. I don't fucking know I don't do taxes I my don't car do ta- rolled away I, I don't, don't know. do taxes I don't wipe my ass my car <laughs> rolled away I love eggs I'm from Long Island and my head is broken <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so and then contrast this to Dustin who is Dustin is so funny he's so he reminds me so much of like every comedian I know where he's really smart and quick and uh kind of mean but in like a fun ball breaky way yeah but then is clearly just like a neurotic mess <laughs> like Greg is so non-neurotic he's like super pleasant super chill they need each other they, they need really balance. do they really do hung tears called Greg Dustin's emotional support animal which I think is really true oh I said when I was learning about them that in watching them interact, what I found myself relating these guys to was not any pop culture thing, but just like dudes I knew in my early to mid 20s when I was working at like Uno Chicago Grill and Johnny Rockets. Like that's what they are. And I think that's so such an interesting thing. And I was like, you know what it is, is that Dustin is definitely back of house line cook and <laughs> Greg is front of house. Yeah. 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 But Greg can't really wants to cross train to bartender but like the managers just don't see it for him yet yep and he's always in trouble for having his shirt wrinkled at work (laughs) that's a very vivid picture i feel like you're not wrong i may be extrapolating some of my own experiences working at uno's but (laughs) it's okay well and they both get fired i yeah they both get fired (laughs) i think that's why i sort of connect with them so much is um and particularly their interview show so they have a shoot interview show shoot interviews when people are kind of out of character um they have a shoot interview show that they refer to as popping dogs and talking hogs which we've talked about on the show we've discussed on the show before um i see that and i see it's always dudes there's never been any women on it and i see this like homosocial bonding and i it reminds me so much of like what i as a straight woman love about men and they remind me so much of the first men in my life that i like had crushes on and was attracted to yeah because they're and it's part of it is because they're like kind of immature and kind of dumb yeah but like i think that's why i respond to them so positively is because they remind me of like what i actually find appealing in masculinity when i was going through the specific dudes i knew from restaurants that reminded me of dustin i was just like i'm having so many flashbacks to being just like a college townie waitress who was drinking too much all the time and you know smashing a bottle of wine outside my apartment because i thought it was funny but (laughs) it's they're so though and i i'm not saying that they can only exist in that sense but they are a really romanticized version of that yeah and i think the thing that's interesting about them is that they do a lot of really interesting stuff with like the meta textuality of wrestling and how it this sort of idea of like shoot and work operate where they're using their shoot names with each other all the time. They call each other Greg and Dustin all the time in matches, out of matches. Yeah. They're very much blurring that narrative. Yeah. they're In like a Finding Francis way. Oh, I did it. I found something. I don't know what that is. Uh, the finale of Nathan For You. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's very Nathan For You-ish. Yeah. And 
I think another thing I like about them is that they do that in a way where they talk about the ways that wrestling sucks and the ways that working in their industry sucks. And that's something that I wanted to talk about with Dustin in particular is like Dustin's career trajectory. He's been wrestling for so long. He's a beloved indie figure. Like he's been on the indies for so long. People love him. Um, there's... He has so much star power too. Yeah. I mean, he's, we'll get into how he actually wrestles, but his career trajectory has been that he's just trying he he's this is his life he loves wrestling so much but he's never been able to get into kind of the big leagues and he's starting to a little bit like this is probably his best year career-wise um that he's had but same Dustin yeah (laughs) um but he like he tried out for WWE this is like my favorite Dustin story I feel like it describes him perfectly he had a WWE tryout um and they emailed him to say that he didn't make it and he just sent them back a frowny face (laughs) (laughs) that's so pure and i'm probably going to say that's so pure a lot but it is everything about them feels very pure they're very wholesome they're i i wouldn't go that far (laughs) i mean they're gross dudes they're gross dudes but they're very there's they're not articled they're not pussyfooting their emotions and it's kind of this idealized version of what we want sort of broy, goofy dudes to be. Cause you were saying that Greg in particular, but Greg and Dustin have a like very enthusiastic fan base of huge, mostly uh, non men weirdos. Yeah. They have like a, a very uh, small, passionate fan base of femmes in our like sort of corner of Twitter. And I don't know if they would have, uh, I, I don't know if that necessarily would have happened without them being so sort of vulnerable and accessible. And they're like their Twitters are both really interesting because they're both really funny on Twitter, but they're both really vulnerable on Twitter, particularly Dustin. Like Dustin will tweet like sad sack shit a lot. And he also the thing I think is interesting is he will tweet a lot about his injuries. Well, Dustin's saying I have a pinched nerve and ho- no health insurance. Love this country getting on a plane. Yeah. To- tomorrow. Yeah. He does it all the time. He's just like, uh, Yeah. One of my favorite Dustin tweets that I feel like sums this up is he just tweeted, pretty sure I have nerve nerve damage. Anyway, you guys want to go get tacos? <laughs> just like, that sounds exactly like... The other Dustin tweet that you really love is, uh, if you've ever replied to any of my tweets, I probably hate you. Yeah, so relatable. <laughs> That's such a mood. That's such a mood. But uh, he, they also like delete their tweets a lot because they're like, they'll like tweet sad sex shit and then delete it. And I'm just like, you're so relatable. Oh, that's me. That's so <laughs> me. They're just permanently dealing with a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> and I, again, like talking about this sort of like positive sense of masculinity, like they have this really good relationship and the way that they talk to each other in these interviews, they clearly are so at ease with each other and love each other so much. Um, but they're still like it's not a romantic love it's a definitely like a platonic yeah. friend love but i guess what i'm saying is they seem invested in masculinity but they also are very self-deprecating about it and like very willing to be goofy and soft and like kind of sweet with each other yeah and it's and i love that it's such a beautiful version of what masculinity could be if you remove a lot of a lot of or maybe all of the toxicity and i think that's probably why so many femme people are so drawn to them that they they seem compassionate they seem like they would respect you they just seem like sweeties yeah and uh i hope i'm never proven wrong (laughs) yeah please don't fuck up guys please Please don't fuck up please be good um yeah so we also in addition to watching we watched some of their interview show where they talk to people about um such important topics as are aliens real what's your favorite dinosaur do you believe in ghosts? Uh, how do you wipe? How do you wipe? Um, have you ever cranked off in the ring? Uh, what do your balls do during a match? Yeah. <laughs> and because I sort of grew up on this, you know, jackass sense of humor, I extremely connect with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's legitimately funny. And um, again, making wrestling a lot more accessible. You have so many larger than life characters in wrestling. You have these epic narratives and, you know, like you have the golden lovers and it's like this like romance for all time and everything is sort of all caps. And then you have these guys who are making it so relatable and so accessible of like, yeah, we're telling these amazing stories, but we're also like accidentally grabbing each other's dicks and like needing to shit and like all this (laughs) stuff. Like it's, what do you do if you need to shit during a match? That's a great question. There's a famous story of a guy um, taking a shit under the ring during a match because he needed to go but he couldn't leave. That's I can't remember who it is but... <laughs> 
That's upsetting. And like I know, I'm sure in like backyard wrestling, someone has shit their pants. Oh, completely. They talk about that too. Thousands of times. On Best Friends, they definitely talk about, have you ever shit your pants in the ring? And they also talk about, uh, have you ever gotten a boner, like a boner while you're wrestling? We, at Evolve, that one guy definitely had a boner. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. We're pretty sure Austin Theory had a boner at the end of his match. Yeah, because he was cutting a promo at the end and his hand was over his dick and we all kept shouting like, why is your hand there? And he definitely had some, he definitely had an endorphin release boner. Well, he had, he had like kissed his valet too. Like he had like, cause he, Priscilla was there and he like hugged and kissed Priscilla and then he started doing the promo and it's like, oh, you got a boner, man. Yeah. You got a boner, dude. Good for him. Just own it, man. I'm just happy his dick works after wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Good for him. But we did also, so in addition to all this, we did actually watch some actual wrestling from these guys. And this was a fun approach for me because we've been working, we've been approaching it from me watching wrestling first and then knowing more about who they are as people. And this inverse was really fun. And maybe that contributed to why I found them so relatable as just like, oh, these are definitely dudes I hung out with when I was 24 and Mm -hmm. I'd just broken up in a long-term relationship and decided to black out for a summer. Uh, And it's so fun. They're so fun. I find them to be extremely accessible. And what I really enjoyed about watching all of the matches you had me watch is, and again, maybe it's confirmation bias, but I found what I knew of their personalities to be so apparent in their wrestling style and in their physicality. Yeah, I think in particular, Dustin is really, really good at wrestling and character. And I I think that's hard to do. I think there are... There are a lot of people who are good wrestlers who are also really talented at promos and who are good at embodying a character when they're not wrestling, but it's hard to embody that character while you're doing something as physical as like performing a wrestling match. And that's why valets are great. Yeah. If you can perform in a wrestling match, that's amazing. You're doing better than I ever could. Sure. It's uh, my point is that it's a rare thing that yeah. somebody can wrestle in character like he can. And yeah. he just he's such a he's a, a really talented wrestler, but he's also a really gifted physical comedian and he like the way he sort of stomps around with his chest out, he's just like <laughs> such a brat. Like I just love it. He's I think it's so fun. like a prize horse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I really like their uh, costumes them, yeah. too. Their mm-hmm. it's it, their the costumes and their pants. Like again, are so just tell so much of the story of this is who I am. This is how I interact with the world. Like Dustin having pinstripe pants with writing on the butt. God, the bless. Kentucky gentleman. Kentucky That's what his butt gentleman. says. Uh, and his theme song is basically like I couldn't get the rights to the True Blood one, so I had to go one over. <laughs> Which I really enjoyed. Uh, And you had me watch, so you had me watch um, Kevin Owens and Adam Cole versus the best friends, which was great. It's a PWG tag match from a couple years ago. Because, like, I love my possum husband. Yep. I do. And I hadn't seen much Kevin Owens yet, and I was really excited to see some Kevin Owens because he's all, like, I know people like our friends are huge fans of theirs and i think you're a fan of kevin right oh yeah i love him yeah he was a real a lot of fun to watch but that was an interesting match because it was very much an out of the ring brawl Mm -hmm. knock him down drag him out like they were willing to go really hard for it and then you had me watch a match that was what was the title it was uh them versus the rockness monsters it was from the same show oh yeah it was the first match that's why i wanted you to watch it first but it's fine oh oops (laughs) my bad uh the rockness monsters one was really interesting because it was so much more acrobatic yeah and and i got to see so much of who more of who they are as with their tricks and as their performances yeah um dustin i know trained like mostly in lucha libra style which Mm -hmm. is the um more acrobatic stuff and i think like a thing that makes him really cool is he's really big like he's really tall they're both huge and they're jumping over each other yeah incredible fashion really like big air like vertical leaps on both of them and greg is a really good high flyer too like that's not really what he's known for but he does this amazing um assisted spinning ddt where he grabs the guy's head flips around and then pushes off the turnbuckle and flips them over on their head yeah that was i keep describing it as it as a dance but there's no better word yeah it's incredibly graceful and he does a lot of really good hair work. He flips his long hair around. Ugh. It's so good. Um, they also do a lot of 
goofy fun stuff with the dynamic of them as best friends where we didn't get to see this um in either of the matches we watched but uh they do a spot where dustin does a topicon helo over he does a big flip over the yeah. rope to the over out, from in the ring to out of the ring he does a big flip he like hits whatever he needs to hit and then he runs up the ramp into greg's arms and they hug it's really God, cute. God, I love it. That's adorable. <laughs> it's extremely cute. It's I said this before, but it's such an idealized version of as uh, is and this is way more Magic Mike too of what it's we It's very Magic Mike. I definitely feel of like of like what we want male friend of what we like what we want male friendships to be. And I remember watching that movie with our real life comparison to Dustin, our friend Jake, and he got really mad at it cuz he was like everyone in this movie wears a watch. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a great diss on Magic Mike. <laughs> but it's it, it, them hugging. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I I think Magic Mike is an interesting comparison because that is something that people don't talk about enough in in both of those movies, particularly Magic Mike too. Obviously, they're honks and they're stripping, and you know, there's like a lot of overt sexuality. But a thing as a woman, a lot of the pleasure of watching that movie is watching male relationships in a way that we don't have access to oh my god and, and that's something i love about the best friend shoot interviews is like that's a world i don't really have access to but that i really wish i did because i love men so much yeah <laughs> and what i like about that is that it shows like we don't have to think of any sort of you know people as trash we can see what they have the potential to be and that's so much more beautiful and wonderful yeah i agree yes so you like the Rockness Monsters match a lot. Oh, it was excellent. I mean, both the, no, none of the matches I watched were bad, per se. And I don't think I've ever watched anything that's been flat out bad. But the Rockness Monsters, Monsters match was great because I didn't super know the Rockness gimmick. I think they're cavemen. I don't know. Well, it's they were like, do they have fossils on their trunks? So sure, I think they I might know. be like Neolithic <laughs> men, which is really funny. Um, but it was just such an acrobatic match. And like all their switch ins and outs and the jumps were so great. Uh, and then the finisher is just incredible. Yeah. So at the end of the match, uh, Trent puts on he he they Chuck yells secret weapon, and then the tr- the crowd starts chanting secret weapon, and then um, <laughs> Greg Trent pulls a trench coat out from under the ring, puts it on, gets back in the ring, starts beating up a good time one of the Rockness monsters, uh, goes up to the top turnbuckle, and then Chuck. Dustin gets under his shoulders and they become one giant trench coat man and choke slam their opponent off the top turnbuckle and win the match. Yeah. And like of all the the conversations we've had about like ultimate trust with your partner, like balancing someone on your shoulders while wrestling (laughs) long term. Well, not long, but longer than pretty long. long. They're stronger than longer than normal they're strong dudes man yeah and it's it was so much fun and it's ties into them just being such joyful little kids especially because this week black panther came out and there was that great video of the kids trying to two for one into a theater (laughs) into the trench coat so they're just they're just big kids i love them i love them so much another Uh, thing i had rachel watch i had her watch some of their promos from world tag league Which were so silly and fun and just so like loose and the, they're just all, riffing. They're clearly just trying to make each other laugh, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And all of the promos back to back have their own little narrative arc of like, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. We didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so the last one I had Rachel watch was the one where they had just lost and Dustin is crying and he's saying, he's like, this is the story of my career. I get real close and then I fuck it up. And it's so heartbreaking. And like, I know that he obviously it's a promo it's not real but I know he feels that way yeah it was that he almost retired two years ago because he was fucking tired of not making it I kept asking you like was that real because it (laughs) felt so real and I just I understand that frustration of like you're so close you're almost there you're almost there yeah and I'm sure you do too just comedy wise oh completely I think that's why I connect with him so much is I feel like I literally, so we were talking about how he sent a frowny face to WWE. I just uh, got, I submitted a writing packet to a show I was asked to submit to like a show and it would have been a really big deal if I got it. If if I had gotten this TV job, it would have like completely changed my life. We probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. We wouldn't be doing this podcast. (laughs) So I submitted a writing sample to them. I didn't get it. And I sent them back a frowny face. (laughs) Because 
I just feel like I connect with that so much and it's so again obviously comedy and wrestling are not that similar they are putting way more of themselves on the line physically it's much more demanding in a lot of ways but I really identify with the idea of like you're doing this thing that you absolutely love and it kind of destroys you and it's more than kind of for them it's definitely for them it's definitely like something I wrote down when I was writing down my notes for this I wrote down nihilism because I think there's a lot of sort of dark kind of humor in what they're doing but a lot of it is like yeah I'm killing myself I'm killing myself to do this Dustin just posted a picture of himself from a match this weekend where he is being uh he's taking a pile driver into the apron and he's just like my neck hurts and it's like yeah Dustin a lot a lot of times wrestlers pretend that they're not hurt when they are and they wrestle through their injuries and obviously they do that but they also acknowledge like this is incredibly self-destructive behavior yeah and again like working in entertainment I I identify with that sort of self-destructive impulse mine is not so much that physical stuff but It's it's way more emotional yeah but it's like I'm subjecting myself to this industry that is kind of tearing me apart and tears apart everybody who works in it and it's you know their story is much more dramatic but I think I connect with that a lot definitely in both of them but particularly with Dustin yeah Um, I really enjoyed uh because then you had me watch their one-on-one match yeah speaking of being mutually self-destructive holy shit so the match I had Rachel watch they have fought twice now in PWG one was this past weekend which we'll talk about but uh the one we watched was uh from like a year and a half ago they it was Dustin versus Trent and they had been tagging together at this point they were the best friends and it was like oh no the best friends are gonna fight what's gonna happen and partway through the match Greg just goes best friends don't need rules and then things get fucking crazy well I loved at the beginning of that match where he was just going I don't like this I don't like this I don't like this. Yeah, I don't yeah. like this. So they start, they kind of link up and they start doing some chain wrestling and Dustin kind of pushes Greg into the corner and Greg's hands just go up and he goes, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. He doesn't want to hurt his friend. Yeah. He, they love each other. Uh, but then oof. they love each other so much that they uh, want to murder each other, uh, which I identify with. I was really upset by this match just because of what the big ending so a lot of stuff happens. Um, they throw each other out of the ring. They throw each other into chairs. They set up the four chairs. And then this is, you had to, like, I loved the announcers for PWG already where they're talking yeah, about, like, they're awesome. building some sort of Minecraft thing with chairs <laughs> is so funny. And of course, like every single thing in wrestling, if somebody else, if, if you set up the chairs, you're going to fly through them. Yeah. And he flies through them and he puts this chair on stage. And it's such a, speaking of these meta narratives of pain and of nihilism, he brings one of the chairs, he lands, Greg brings one of the chairs he lands in up on stage. And you can see how bent the chair is from his body. And it's such a representation of oh my God, you must be in incredible pain right now. Yeah, he has a big welt on his back and the chair's broken. Yeah. It's a lot. And then, so there's chairs, there's the big chair tower that uh, Greg gets thrown in and then Dustin gets thrown in. And And then then there's some nightmare stuff with balancing on a ladder. There's a ladder. uh, Dustin is lying on the ladder. Then he's standing on the ladder. Then he flips Greg into the ladder. Then he goes into the ladder. There's a bunch of that. And then at the end, there's thumbtacks, which there was a really funny moment. So we're watching this together and... Greg goes under the ring and he pulls out a, a bag. That looks like a bag your mom would give you for Christmas to store like your toiletries Yeah, it was in. like a Marshall's ladies cosmetics bag. Definitely, and, definitely in the discount section. Yes. It was, had the red Marshall's tag on it, totally, to be clear. Totally. So he pulls it out and I pause and I say, Rachel, what do you think is in this bag? And Rachel thinks about it for a minute and she goes, is Dustin allergic to anything? (laughs) Which is fucking sadistic and also a genius idea. I can't believe no one has done that before. It seems so obvious that you would cut a bunch of promos being like, brother, you're going to be as allergic to me as I am to peanuts. And then finally (laughs) you bring out peanuts. I can't believe that hasn't been done yet. That seems so obvious. Like you just Breaking Bad was huge. You could rice and poison someone in the ring. Sure, more poisoning. <laughs> more That's poisoning, what we please. But you were like, "What do you think's in the bag?" And I was like, "I don't know." Like marbles. Yeah. 
And then we start playing and it's thumbtacks and you're like, oh no. I just, I also think it would have been really funny, mostly because a family member of mine is allergic to penicillin if he had just like brought out penicillin as his allergy. That's (laughs) very funny. Um, She's like, it's bees. Uh, (laughs) But they bring out the thumbtacks and I was like, no. Yeah. No, you can't. This is, this, that's upsetting. Best friends don't need rules, baby. They need to not be on thumbtacks. <laughs> you step on one and it ruins at least half that half of the day. Thumbtacks, I will say thumbtacks are a common element in deathmatch wrestling. Like this is not <sighs> unprecedented. But it's the thing that made it so dramatic here is that these are two guys who everybody's like, they love each other. It's great. Neither one of them are known for like that kind of wrestling. Yeah. So it was like, oh my God, this escalated very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, it's also very interesting to me that they start off being like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. And then it becomes this narrative. Okay. We have to work out some of our minor differences that happen when you have friendships. Right. Yeah. Which is so fun. Yeah. And the commentators do a great job of setting that up. They're like, sometimes your, bi- your biggest fights are with your best friend. Well, I also really like the part where they have broken the ladder with one or both of their bodies. Yeah. And, no, they've broken the ladder with Greg's body and the announcers are like, oh, we got to f- use that to put up the lights later. Yeah. Just, that's a really funny extra layer to it, too. The idea that you're using the ladder that you're beating people with. Yeah. 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 Like how broke is wrestling? It's very broke. <laughs> that's, we just watched a little bit of a Best Friends where uh, they're both talking about how they've thought about driving Uber and we we're like, fuck, these are the most millennial wrestlers in the world (laughs) gig economy baby i just like how do you get health insurance that way yeah it's well a lot of them don't have it a lot of them just don't have it which like guys definitely doesn't because he's not paying his taxes fucking please get health insurance if uh, no wrestlers are listening to this but if on the off chance one of you is just get health insurance the final thing i probably have to say about this match is that it shows how much they grow as performers because obviously they learn to tag together and, and to work together. And then to see sort of like, this is a person I work with all the time, so I know their weaknesses. Yeah. That's really cool to me. And that shows, you know, uh, stronger together, weaker apart. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they hug at the end. Is, yeah. Oh. So that really contrasts with their latest match together, which I can't wait to watch. Um they had another match against each other. Chuck is now the, Dustin is now the um, title holder for PWG. He's their champion. So he's Proud having a lot of, yeah, I Proud know. Well, that's, and the joke is that the first five years Chuck wrestled in PWG, he didn't win a match. Like, he's gotten. Really? S- yeah. Because he was just like a comedic relief guy. Like, th- nobody took him seriously. He's so funny. I love his scream. Yeah. You said he screamed so hard he can't do it anymore. No, he got hit in the throat. So he oh. can't he he used to do this thing where anytime anybody was like attacking him or like going to power bomb or whatever, he would just like do like a funny girl scream and he can't do it anymore cuz he got hit in the throat. Yeah, you told me that and I immediately thought of how Julie Andrews had her throat nicked during surgery and can't sing anymore. Yep. So sad. It's very sad. Uh. But he's he's still doing all right even without the scream. Yeah, so Yeah, you know, the rest of his body's falling apart at a normal pace. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they had this match this weekend and it was Trent Greg challenging Chuck Taylor Dustin for the title. And everybody knew they had this kind of death match thing the last time they got together. So everyone's like, what is this going to be? And it ended up being really brutal and Dustin went full heel and like not like in the death match where it's like best friends don't need rules we love each other so we're gonna kill each other this was Dustin being like you're a piece of shit fuck you Ugh. he gouged his eye his eye was is Greg's eye is like I didn't know he gouged his eye I just knew his face was bleeding yeah I mean I don't know if that's like how the blood happened probably not but like he fucked him up he like was bleeding uh Greg couldn't wrestle the next night because he had muscle tears like <gasps> that's scary like w- that's really scary when they can't wrestle the next day because like you know Matt Riddle wrestled the day after Keith Lee fucked him up yeah and so if you can't wrestle the next day that's terrifying yeah so and you know what maybe that's part of the prestige maybe that's part of oh, it oh for sure it's I'm sure and like obviously this is a work like Dustin did not mean to hurt Greg that bad but that's how hard they went like yeah. that's how serious they were and apparently 
Dustin has always in PWG again he's been this beloved figure on the indies even before he was as successful as he is now people were always like happy to see him Mm -hmm. and even when he was being a heel he was being like a fun bratty heel like he was like he's like a um, arrogant kind of coward like he's good at playing that role right yeah this was a turn to mean and apparently the crowd was weird about it and was like we don't like that like you you've betrayed us like we thought you were so great and now you're being so cruel and i can't wait to see this match i've heard all of i've seen pictures and i've heard from people who were there that this is what happened but i i think i'm so excited for where this is gonna go yeah this is i feel like we're definitely instead of playing catch up we are observe we are very much at pace with an incredible narrative that could be shaping up yeah and again I, the thing I've said this a couple times this episode, but the, the this like darkness in that character that I sense of he's he's sort of this long suffering guy. He's frustrated with his career. Yeah, he's kind of a neurotic mess, and people like that often turn on people who care about them, yep. and like that's a very like recognizable narrative of like Greg who is nothing but light and love and sweetness and who just like is so such a good guy yeah Dustin sort of resenting that and having this mean streak of like fuck you why are you being so nice to me what's your fucking angle man like oh no oh that's so sad I mean I'm projecting a lot here because like I said because <laughs> like I said I identify with these guys so much so I don't know if this is where this is going to go but I'm excited to see where it's going to go because I see that potential in that character yeah and because I think Greg works so great as a face because he is so sweet and goofy and like hanging out and he's an incredible wrestler he yeah. has amazing moves he's he's incredibly athletic and incredibly fun to watch but and but Dustin is he inhabits his character so well that I think that he is up to this kind of performance, even though he's mostly done comedy stuff. Yeah. And I, I just am really excited about it as sad as I am that he was so mean to Greg. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be mean to Greg. And like the, all the photos you you said it was a Greg Instagrammed a photo of like him all bloody with uh, Dustin holding his face. Yeah. So Greg is lying on the mat and his bloody eye is facing the camera and he just looks like he's in such pain. And Dustin is standing over him, kind of cupping his cheek. And it's like... It's like a painting of Satan capturing his soul. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, all the pictures from PWG, that one was taken by Esther Lynn, who's all elbows on Twitter. Her She does photography for um, like boxing and MMA stuff and some Ooh, wrestling. Cool. So follow her. Her, her photos are beautiful. Um, but yeah, that, that picture is amazing. It's actually my phone background right now. <laughs> Mine is my cat. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, that's super cool. I'm a huge fan of that. And like what it could develop into, I would be sad to see this goofy character who I just got introduced to leave. But yeah, I mean, I'm that's hoping what he needs for his career to move forward. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping that they still will continue to work together. Like, I don't want this to d- be the end or anything, especially I'm interested to see what happens because PWG is a pretty small indie and they're still tagging together in Ring of Honor, which is a much bigger promotion. Yeah. So this might be like some alternate universe thing and they still are oh. like they could be working different storylines. Yeah. Which is kind of what I'm hoping will happen because I love them as a tag team and I don't want them to break up. But I love the idea that they're, uh, you know, going to be against each other now. What's going to happen with Poppin' Dogs and Talking Hogs? Well, Poppin' Dogs and Talking Hogs has not had a new episode in like two years. So oh. I'm very which I'm very sad about. Um, but. Yeah, so that's like not really an issue. One of the other things I really loved about Poppin' Dogs and Talking Hogs is that it's all in like a shitty hotel room that's yeah. just covered in giant Foster's beer cans and stuff and like huge Miller High Lives. We and were talking already, about the huge Miller High Life last night. It's so funny because he's already such a large human that <laughs> the, the big beer against him still seeming big was really jarring. <laughs> that was a 40 ounce can. Yeah, it's... 
I think that that adds again to their sort of a their relatability and b the acknowledgement of how kind of shitty and depressing this industry can be. I, where they're all their interviews are in like these flea bag looking motels <laughs> and they're drinking like natty light and they're just like they're si- they're kind of all sweaty and beat up because it's mostly after shows I and they're wearing like always... fucking flip flops and basketball shorts and they're just like gross and I love it. I love that there's <laughs> always like a dude lounging in the background who yep. doesn't really interact with it. Yeah, uh, there's just dudes hanging out in a room. There's actually a couple where Zack Sabre Jr. is like very drunk on the side. <gasps> I can't wait to watch those. Uh, it's kind of in- fascinating that these two wrestlers perfected Mumblecore. Yeah, yeah, better yeah. Better than anything else did. Because like, you know, you see Mumblecore and you kind of roll your eyes at it and you roll your eyes at it as the name of a genre, but they just nailed it. Of course, just kind of like, this is what it's like when we actually hang out. Their first couple minutes of their best friends episodes are a slog to get through because they're all mumbling. <laughs> they're all so mumbly and they like have not prepared and it just sort of starts and they're like, oh, we're going? Yeah, because we watched the Rocky one and Dustin was bragging because he actually wrote stuff down for yeah. the first time ever. Yeah, yeah, And there's yeah. a great pause in one where just like Greg holds a dog and is talking about like, do you like dogs? I like dogs. Dogs are cool. A like, lot of times the person they're interviewing will just get up and leave for a while and it'll just keep going. Like... <laughs> They're just like, sorry, I gotta go pee or whatever. And it just will keep going. Like, yeah. it's, it's really good. I just, I really enjoy the ending conceit of their interviews where they take a shirtless photo and send it to The Rock. That's a good, funny, weird bit. Yeah, it's great. Because again, I feel like it combines like all of the things that I think are so funny about them. The acknowledgement that like the wrestling industry kind of sucks and like the rock doesn't know who they are and like they're working their ass off and they're like they're tweeting the rock like anybody else the homosocial bonding of like hanging out with your dudes and taking your shirts off like (laughs) the like kind of goofy acknowledgement that it's like a little bit gay but they're not it's not the joke isn't that it's kind of gay you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean it's I don't know the exact right words for it because it's not the joke isn't that it's gay I think the joke is that like anybody would be afraid of this being perceived as gay exactly exactly and that's like I think a lot of what they're about like they're not afraid to be a lot of times in their promos and stuff they're not afraid to be like I love you man I love you like yeah they they have this emotional vulnerability that um a, a less comfortable dude might shy away from. Yeah, exactly. And they go toward it. And it's like, part of it is for laughs, but part of it is very sincere. And that I really appreciate. Oh, I love it. I love them. Uh, I think for now we are, have, are definitely not ending our best friend's story and our best friend's coverage, but I think this is a great <laughs> place to put a pin in it. We're probably going to go back to the Greg Minute very soon because if he oh. tweets anything, we're going to be like, there oh, will be Greg. There will be future Greg and Dustin minutes for sure. We will Now we just have this as a resource for people who are like, who are Greg and Dustin? Who the hell are you talking about? Why are you about? talking about them all the time? Uh, so... As always, thank you for listening. Shout outs to Greg and Dustin. We really want to be your friends. Uh, sorry, it's weird. <laughs> we, the thing is, is that once you're friends with us, we won't be weird about it's it. It's true. We're very normal. Both of us know famous people and we're not weird about it. Yeah. And if we are weird about it, we keep it to ourselves, which is a very important aspect. Yeah. So shout out to them. Shout out to Illy Boshin, who made our... Uh, our logo shout out to hunk tears our west coast producer and correspondent mm-hmm. if you enjoy this rate review and subscribe email us wrestlesplania at gmail.com we're wrestlesplania on twitter and on instagram uh if you live in or will be in the new york city area march 30th we have a show at littlefield with our friends uh on street fight thank you so much and tune in next time we'll see you later bye, bye.